0: coming to you with chats about all aspects of design
1: creativity and its influence on life can i get a whoop 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 this is creative clinks welcome back guys good to see you here for another episode of creative clinks for this particular one i couldn't quite make it but barbie took over the reins and did an absolute banging job hope you will enjoy episode eight Hello and welcome to episode eight of Creative Clinks. Today we are chatting to Nicole Kaminsky from Loud Coaching right here on the Sunshine Coast. Hello. (laughs) Nicole, you are a dancer, a singer, an actress, a choreographer, a performing arts coach.
0: Have we missed anything else? Well, when you put it like that, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's so nice for you to list it all like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have we missed anything else? Um, hmm. I have directed as well So director okay. and choreographer I guess Yes, If I'm being really specific But no, I think you ticked all the boxes there
1: Well, I am very lucky to have you in my life, as it is anyway, because uh, I have you as my daughter's dance teacher, and I have you as my own dance teacher, (laughs) so it's very exciting, and it's been so lovely to get to know you over the past few months. Oh, how are you not sick of me by now? (laughs) Oh, I know. It's so much fun. Seriously, my Tuesday nights with you are like a highlight of my week. So
0: thank you. That class is actually the highlight of my week as well. I love teaching that class. I get home on a Tuesday, I'm like it's a late class, like it's an 8 p.m. class yeah. and I get home and I I can't sleep until about midnight on a Tuesday because I'm always like buzzing from the class. I know. Adrenaline. Mm. Yeah, yep. that adrenaline. hundred percent, a hundred percent. So
1: we just thought we'd chat to you today about, I guess, the creative side of what you do mm-hmm. and how you tap into that. And as we know, anyone that's in a creative industry, it's... It's not easy to always feel motivated or get inspiration. Absolutely. Let's just start really with, I guess, how did you find your love for performing
0: arts in general? My mum was actually a dance teacher as well, so I don't really think I had a choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I understand that.
1: <laughs> I took
0: dance classes as a kid, loved it. It was like my thing that I would do on the weekends and I would do after school. And it would always be a priority and I would miss birthday parties and I wouldn't go to events because I had dancing, but I loved it. I wouldn't have had it any other way. When I was a teenager, actually even a bit before that, you know Australian Idol? like Yeah, of that course. That show that used to be on TV. I remember I was obsessed with Australian Idol and from watching that I wanted to be a, a pop star. So then I, you know, always danced but then started to get into a bit of singing and when I was a teenager I discovered the world of musical theatre by accident Mm -hmm. because I have a younger sister and she had auditioned for a production of Annie. Okay, She didn't get in, but they had then put out the call, like she was auditioning for one of the child roles and they'd put out a call saying, we need some more adults. So if you know anyone, I think it was 15 plus or something, tell them to come and audition. So I did that. So that was the first show I did. Fell in love with it and then decided – that I wanted to pursue it a little bit further. So I ended up, when I finished high school, I actually went and studied biomedical science. Okay. Because it was that point where you think you should, like you should do something serious when you finish high school. So I did that and hated it and then very quickly went and studied musical theatre instead. (laughs) Okay. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Completely <laughs> different. <laughs> yeah. So I was living in Perth at the time. I did a certificate two in musical theatre at WAPA at the West Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Did my CERT two. And then the year after that, I was accepted into a Bachelor of Musical Theatre in Ballarat, in Victoria. There's, you know, a handful of unis that offer a Bachelor of Arts majoring in musical theatre, and Ballarat happens to be one of them. So I moved to Ballarat at 21 and I did my 3 year degree. Finished that, moved to Melbourne and it all kind of happened from there. Yeah. And now you're up here and we have the and luxury. I know, we have the luxury of now having
1: you up here. Yeah. I have the luxury of living up here. It's, it's so true, isn't it? I know. Everyone's moving up here.
0: Don't I don't yeah. want everyone moving <laughs> up here though. <laughs> I know. It's, property prices are
1: already expensive enough. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. Okay, so what did you find that I guess getting involved in the performing arts scene was mm-hmm. was
0: something that was professionally you were
1: drawn to? Like, what 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 was it that you were actually drawn to?
0: Mm, I think it was. This is not really arts related, but I'm quite a stubborn person, and yep. if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm probably going to try and oh try even harder to do it. This is me. Yep. Keep yeah. Going. So there was that. You know, if we go back to high school, and you say, "Oh, I want to, I want to go and be an actor." for a job or I want to go be a singer. Nowadays, maybe people, you know, and being a parent, I guess you, you want to tell your child that they can do anything, but there definitely was plenty of people going, no, well, you need to do something serious first or like not many people make it or it's a hard industry yeah. to get into. So I'm the kind of person where that, that fuels me. Makes me go, well, no, I'm, I'm going to show you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do it and I and I and I will do it. So that's probably what made me want to like really go for it was just being told that I that I shouldn't. <laughs> I was a kid that would sit on the train and I'd listen to Broadway soundtracks. Like I wouldn't okay. listen to the top 40 songs. I would be listening to Irving Berlin and yep, and Palestine. Okay. Like that was my wow. thing. I was, I was a weird theater kid. I just loved it. I had a lot of passion for it. I loved singing. I, I loved dancing. I loved tap dancing. And I just love the Like the fantasy of it and the escape of it, you know, you you go see a musical and you sit in a theater for three, three and a half hours and whatever's going on in your life, it doesn't matter. You're you're just transported into this different world and it's totally captivating. I I find live theater is so different to watching a movie or or going to a cinema. You're kind of, you know, it's there on a screen, but it's, it's just not quite the same for me as being... In you're involved live directly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Everything's alive. The people are right there and you can see them sweating. <laughs> like, yeah, true. Yes. I agree. It's just, it's so exciting about it. I love it.
1: As a child, like I know for myself, I found, I was, as a child, I was quite introverted, but I found that being on a stage for some reason, I guess it gave me mm. permission to be able to be a different
0: child. Definitely. Did you ever feel like that? Yeah. I, I definitely was always quite confident on a stage, but to be honest, I, I think I've always been quite extroverted. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm remembering things differently, but I think as a kid, I was fairly confident. I think like I would put myself forward to audition for talent quests at school and stuff. Like I wasn't, I don't think I was ever afraid to put myself out there. Did you
1: recognize that you had a talent or was it something that people told you you were good at?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I can't really remember. Like if, if I look at some of the kids that I teach these days that do, you know, competitions every second weekend and win every second weekend, I wasn't that kid. Okay. Like I, I, did, I didn't have, although I loved dancing and I was still good at it, I didn't have that natural talent that I see some kids have. Like I really had to work hard. I was never like, naturally flexible or I didn't have natural ability to dance, I guess. I okay. I loved it, but I, but I still
1: had to work hard at it. And did you find that you had a natural drive towards it or was that yeah. that
0: competitive streak in you? I definitely had an, a, a natural drive to it. I was a bit competitive, but I don't think I was overly competitive I definitely loved it. Like I loved doing it. Like when I think back to my childhood, my most prominent memories are dance concerts and competitions and hanging out with my dance friends more so than school friends. Like that's my big memories.
1: I mean, because you do so many different things and you sing and you dance Mm. and act,
0: what do you feel most natural doing? I love singing. I feel the most free when I'm singing. Wow. Whether it's singing something that I know I can sing or even singing something that I know is a challenge for me like I still find it enjoyable even if it's not perfect I still I still enjoy the freedom of just like having a good old belt
1: (laughs) yeah I know that we had over text one day we had a little bit of a marathon about Oh,
0: what was it? Tina Arena, Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who um, were the classics? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Chains is my absolute, oh, like, it, seriously. Is, it is my song. It's it's my pump up song. If I'm ever, if I, if I know I'm in a bit of a slump and I'm like, I need to get out of this because I've got things to do. I just play Chains and then I'm good to go so true oh my gosh she's such a legend and like I actually
1: think that that's probably I agree with you that's a song that I'll put on in the car yeah right where I know I don't have to stop at traffic lights okay that no (laughs) no one can see me if I'm on the highway I just think that's perfect and you just belt that out no matter how it sounds is just the perfect time to have a really good old sing session okay so I know the past couple of years especially with you know COVID going around and that kind of thing and performing Mm. arts sector really took a huge hit absolutely how do you how does it come back from that? I know at the moment you're doing something in Noosa, right? You're yeah, doing a production of the Love Worlds, which is fabulous. Yeah. Do you think that people, like you said, it's a form of escapism, you know, Absolutely.
0: what you do. Yeah. Do people need theatre and performing arts oh, even more, more so now? More than ever. Yeah. I actually had this conversation with one of the ladies that was helping me with the auditions yesterday. We were having a conversation about people coming back to the theatre about whether people were ready or felt comfortable or felt safe coming to the theatre given it's 2022 and what we've all been through in the last two years. Do fe- do people feel confident coming back to the theatre knowing that they're going to, like I said, sitting in a theatre for up to three hours in close proximity to people? Um, but I think they are. I think people are excited by the idea of live theatre coming back, going and hanging out with their girlfriends or with their family and doing something a bit different. and. Ticket sales are showing that, that people are ready. People are excited. People are ready to get back into it, which is great because the performers are so ready to get back up onto the stage. I think the industry did lose a lot of performers. Mm -hmm. I think- during this time people took the opportunity to go and maybe study something else because there was just no theater there was nothing to do so i think it has unfortunately lost a few people and we've seen that in the teaching industry as well there's a real sort of shortage of dance teachers because okay. people yeah went and studied something else because they couldn't they couldn't do their job we couldn't go and teach in a studio there was no theater you couldn't there was no live theater or it was all Survival. streamed. Like, yeah. Mm. People did find other, other ways, which is great. I mean, if we're talking about creativity, so many like YouTube musicals or TikTok musicals. Yes. I don't know if you have heard of this, but there's a musical. It's called, it's not really a musical. It's a song, like a list of songs. It's called the Unofficial Bridgerton Musical. And it literally started on TikTok. Like at the start of the pandemic, these two girls that had been writing music together that were quite, they would like frequently use TikTok for other stuff. They started to put all these ideas onto TikTok. And it's now like a fully fledged, it just won a Grammy. Really? Yeah. And there's just two girls that created it on TikTok and it just grew and built. Like that's, that's the kind of creativity people are succumbing to because of the pandemic. So even though all this, you know, awful stuff happened and blah, blah, blah. blah. It has really sparked so much creativity Mm. and people still found other ways to to use their craft and to use their talent and like how exciting is that if one door closes you can you can channel it into something else that's that's so that's so exciting that's so true mm.
1: I know myself that during uh lockdowns and things like that I was doing like dance classes online mm. just like, keep yep. myself busy yeah um, I know I told you when I had COVID in December I was like watching YouTube videos of people's choreography and just trying <laughs> to keep myself busy so
0: good so accessible it is it just forced
1: us to look at creativity in a different way and i guess like every other industry um the performing arts sector has also found ways to keep people involved when we couldn't be that's awesome so nicole i hear that you're involved in a new production of the boy
0: from oz tell us about it So, I'm choreographing this time around um, a production of The Boy From Oz at Noosa Arts Theatre. Exciting. Which is, it's very exciting. It's so nice to be back in that kind of creative role. Yeah. Very, very exciting. So, we just had auditions on this past weekend. All went very well. The show is cast and we start rehearsals at the start of July. We start rehearsals and then the show will go on in October. So, we've got quite a long rehearsal period, which will be lots of fun. It's a community theatre company in noosa which i love i absolutely adore community theater because the cast members are there because they want to be there because they yeah. love it because they want to be a part of a community they want to you know push themselves outside of their everyday jobs like the people that do this show they have, they have office jobs they're yes. teachers or they're nurses or they work in an office yeah. and they come and do this as their own form of escapism because they love it and that's what i absolutely adore about community theater So, yeah, that's going to be very, very exciting. So, if you're in the area and you want to come and watch. I will (laughs) definitely be
1: there in the audience. That's amazing. little cheeky pitch.
0: Yay, that's awesome.
1: I know that a lot of people in the the creative industry in general, but also especially in performing arts, you struggle a little bit to grow yourself by you're putting so much effort into other people. Mm -hmm, Yeah. How how do you... I mean, do you get to a point where you're like, I feel like I'm doing the same thing all the
0: time or you're not growing yourself? That is such a good question because before I moved to Queensland, I was, I was actually teaching full-time down in Melbourne. So, I, was, I lived in Melbourne for five years before I moved up to Queensland. I was teaching at a school that um, was very recreational, mm. which was great and I loved teaching the kids there. But I definitely felt teaching there that I started to get a bit stuck in myself because I didn't really feel challenged as a teacher. Like these kids didn't really compete and they just came and they had fun, which is which is great. Like that's still a great thing to do. But I started to lose that spark because I wasn't, I didn't feel pushed and, and challenged as a teacher. And then I didn't want to go and take classes because I wasn't feeling excited by the work. I I also like, then I had a child around that time. so like a lot of things were changing and I really lost that part of me that loved doing the job. And then then like the pandemic happened and yeah. everything had to go online, which had its own set of challenges. But I, yeah, I did. I think once I started to lose the spark rather than, I don't know, I just lost that thing inside me that wanted to improve, that wanted to go and take class, that wanted to get better. And, the, and, the, and then I didn't, I don't know, I didn't force anything. I didn't push it. I just kind of let it fizzle out because I wasn't being challenged. So, why, yeah, why do you think that
1: you, we were just like, oh, pfft, it'll just do whatever, whatever stage I am at the moment? Was it just because of a general lack of motivation? I think or was so.
0: It- yeah. It was like the, the kids that I'm teaching up here, they're a lot more competitive. So I feel more challenged okay. as a teacher and as a choreographer yeah. um, and as a creative. I feel more challenged. And so it's like when you get that little taste and then you want more. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe, say, Three or four years ago, I wasn't getting like that taste that I needed. Being up
1: here in like said, city feel a little bit more, I guess, challenged up here. Yeah. What do you do yourself
0: to feel a little bit more inspired or how do you improve your skills? Oh, taking classes yourself, I think. Yeah. I said this on my Instagram last week. I said it doesn't matter how good of a teacher you are. If you're not doing some professional development, and hey, this goes for any industry that you're in. If you're not taking mm. any professional development, like you're doing yourself a disservice, you're doing a disservice to your students because Art is a living and breathing mechanism. Like it's never going to be the same. It's going to continue to change. It's going to continue to evolve. And if you're not learning and continuing to evolve with it, you, you're letting down your students. Especially if you've got students that want to be professionals in their in their field. Like you need to make sure that they're equipped with the best skill set that they can possibly have to go out and explore the industry. And that's our job as teachers. If you've got kids that that's where they want to go, one, that's super exciting as a teacher to have kids mm-hmm. that you can push that far. And that you can see the, the spark and enjoyment that they have. I think that's really what excites me. And if we go, yeah. sorry, if we go back a couple of minutes. Yeah, go. No. <laughs> that's why I didn't have that, that spark where I was teaching previously because the, the kids were just there for fun. There wasn't, there wasn't that many kids that really wanted to push themselves. Yeah. Whereas, whereas where I'm teaching now, there is. Okay. And that's what really drives me. I guess a bit of that competitiveness <laughs> coming that's back great. again as well. Like I want to see them succeed and I, I want to improve so that I can give them more knowledge and I can make sure that they're ready and equipped and skilled. Do you feel it's different like the kids
1: growing up today? Is it different to when you, I guess we're going through the same stage of life, mm-hmm. starting out and performing arts does it feel different to
0: you or do you think there's always that same basic foundation? Do you know what's different? It's, it's the, ac- the kids these days, it's the accessibility they have to, to art in their hands, you know, on a smartphone. Most of these kids, they either have iPads or, they, they have phones and they're on Instagram. True. Kids are all posting videos of themselves or mm. professionals are posting videos and the kids are finding that. Whereas for me growing up, we would see what other kids were doing at competitions. Like that's where you'd be exposed to your peers, I guess but that was it. Like when I was a kid, YouTube wasn't even a thing. was right. You couldn't even go on YouTube and, and search videos. Whereas now there's millions, trillions, who knows True. how many videos on YouTube yep. and on TikTok and on Instagram. And it's so accessible. And the kids these days, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds see what other eight, nine, 10 year olds can do. And they go, I want to be able to do that. And they're seeing it on a daily basis. Whereas I would see it, you know, a couple of times a year when I went to a dance at Stedford. Agree. It wasn't in my face all the time. So I think that's a big difference. Kids are seeing the potential that they have easier now. Yeah, I want to be able to do that. I want to do what that kid's doing. I can see that these kids are getting these opportunities. How do I get those opportunities? And I think there's that motivation, that intrinsic motivation, because they can see what other kids are doing and they want to push themselves to be like that, which Mm. is awesome. That's so great.
1: It's probably twofold though, as well. I guess with anything to do with social media, it's either it's got its good good points and it's Helps got its all bad hinders. points. Yeah, you've got to find that healthy medium for sure. It was really funny because I know last weekend when you and I were both at the Get the Beat competition, yeah, and I was sitting there watching the tap um, section, and I thought oh my gosh, tap hasn't actually changed. It's <laughs> like I was dancing all those years back and I was like, oh wow, this actually is really familiar. It's still all the same foundations and that, but yeah. you know, cause a lot of styles have changed and evolved and there's things that like, I guess, especially with dancing that are around now that, that weren't around 10 years ago. Or even when you look at a style of, let's say jazz from the eighties, nineties, the two thousands, you can see how it evolves and changes. Absolutely. But, like, Tap hasn't
0: really changed much. <laughs> do you agree with me? I don't know. But I that's do, no, I do to an extent. I think it depends a bit on the teacher. But do you know the thing with tap is I don't think that many kids learn tap these days. Yeah. It's def- like if, you, if we go back to get the beat, there's 12 schools that enter in the jazz competition. There's maybe four in the tap competition. True. Right. Kids don't learn tap as, as much as they used to because there's not that many tap teachers anymore. So the teachers that are left, they're the old school teachers. It's a dying art. It no. is a dying art. And they teach, they're teaching those old, if I say CSTD, some people might know what that means. Like they're yeah, learning yeah, those yeah. old CSTD steps. That's what they're learning because that's what the teachers know how to teach. But if you do get, like, I've tried to find a TAP class to go to in, in Brisbane uh-huh. and there's, there's, there's nothing, there's really nothing. Cause that, that's what I want to do. Like I love TAP. It's like therapy. It's that's so right. I love it. There are so many jazz teachers and lyrical teachers and contemporary teachers. And there are all these young kids that are really creative. And I just don't think there's that same level of teaching. There's not that same level of teachers, I should say, when it comes to tap. So I think that's what that is. That's
1: kind of sad, isn't it? It is really sad. And, and I wonder too whether most of the kids that are taking tap are doing it because it's almost like a prerequisite for musical theatre, right? Definitely. So they're probably then the kids that are doing the musical theatre classes and actually want to get into that as a profession. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah, it is a bit of a shame, but it was just really interesting to see that wow, I was like, wow, God, I was doing those same steps when I was like and probably the same music as well,
0: some of it. (laughs) It was,
1: it was, oh my gosh, crazy. I'm like, oh, there's our time step, you know, it was just like crazy. (laughs) Where are you finding now, what age would it be where probably they're starting to really find their feet? Six, seven, do you find, do you reckon that's probably when they're really starting to recognise things?
0: Yeah. Six, six seven, I think is where they kind of, they get that switch in their brain that goes, no, I like doing this for fun or no, I want to do that. Like I want to do what that kid can do. And then by eight, nine, you really, really see the kids that have really started to hone in on their craft and the yeah. kids that have like pushed, <laughs> pushed their parents into getting them more training. Like you can, you can see that. Or, or it could go the other way. It could be the parent that's <laughs> pushing the kid to do more training. Yeah, well, that's true. But you do see, even if it is, even if you can see that the parent is invested, you can see that the kid likes to be there and that the kid, it, it, it's, it's both. I think yeah. if you're, if you're going to invest that much time and money, like you want to make sure your kid's actually enjoying very it. Very <laughs> true, very true.
1: You know, I, it's really funny. I um, took, gosh, I took about an 18-year break from dancing you wouldn't be able to tell. You are fabulous. Oh, thank you. That means so much. But uh, You know, it still has the same – it still feels the same for me every time that I go to a class mm-hmm. that it's. I still get that adrenaline rush. I still get either that – I still get nervous before every single class. I still class. get nervous before I teach yeah. a class. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Isn't that funny? Like as a yeah. student and a teacher – feel I don't know if it's like that yeah it's adrenaline that makes you feel a little bit like what's gonna happen now because it's an unknown every single class right it
0: is but that's a good thing my mom always used to say and I say this to my students now I say if you're not nervous, it means you don't care enough about it. Like if you've oh, got that little bit of nervous energy, it's because you care about what's going to happen. Like you care about the results and you care about what you're about to do. So oh, that's a good thing, If I think, if you're a little bit nervous. <laughs> and, and
1: I guess also too for me, it was also going – Oh my gosh, I've taken this long off. Plus I know my age, you know, I'm forty five and here I am most of the time in classes with students that are so much younger than me. Yeah. And yeah. part of that is that also that I'm gonna prove that I can do this. Yeah you know. Absolutely, age is not an issue. Even though, yeah, like my hips are hurting now. <laughs> <laughs> just get a good physio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, once you've got it in you, if you've always had that passion mm-hmm. from a young age, it doesn't matter if Absolutely. you take that break or if you decide that, you know, gosh, there's, you know, there's some classes that I'm doing now, and I've got sixty year olds next to me, yeah. and I just think this is. Fabulous! Yeah, the opportunity that any kind of performing arts, or you know, especially dance for me, can give anyone of any age so much joy, so much escapism. Because escapism is a word I use a lot yep. with what I do with yep. interior. It, it's just it's so powerful. Yeah, and it's really funny. I remember before um, I put Ash into dance because you know, of course, you always hope that she's going to absolutely love it. But someone said to me one day. Oh my gosh, look at the effort. And it was it was a man. Okay, so it was a male. Yeah. And so I don't think they understand it quite as much. But yeah, like they went, look at the effort that all these kids that do dancing have to go to and the parents have to go to. And it's just such a I think they said it's just such a performance. And they were trying to compare it to like a sport, like going to soccer or of going course. to swim. And I remember getting really actually quite upset about it. Yeah. Because I said do you not realize actually what performing arts teaches a child? It's not mm-hmm. simply putting on makeup and making them look pretty or putting them on a stage and everything's a performance. It's actually not what it's about at all. You know, Absolutely not. The discipline that it teaches you, the self-confidence, the, the physical rewards, the exercise, there's just so much that yeah. in general performing arts can teach us as a child and as you get older – you, you take that with you. And I actually really feel like it was such an important part of, I know, for my life growing up, that if I didn't have that, I feel like I'd be a completely different person.
0: Absolutely. And, and on top of that, the community that it brings as well. When you're yeah. in, a, in a dance troupe or in a, if you're doing a, a theatre performance, like the, the community, and the friendships that you build. So aside from all the health benefits of being physical and, you know, apart from all those things that you're learning, it also just brings you this sense of belonging and community. There's just, the benefits are just unlimited, really.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I really hope that as our daughters grow up, Mm. They can experience that same kind of, Me I guess, feeling, yeah, that we get. I don't, I don't ever want to feel like I'm forcing them because I'll know yeah. if it ever feels like that. Yeah, yeah. I really hope that this is, in I guess, an area where she feels that kind of love and passion that yeah. I had for it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope I can help to foster that. Oh, you are. <laughs> no, you are. So, Oh, good. Okay, so I'm going to talk about creative license. Okay. Do you ever get feel like you get stuck in a rut?
0: Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> yes. Because also
1: you'll be drawn to a particular style, right? Or yeah. Or a particular type of genre or music or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah.
1: How do you push yourself so that you, I guess,
0: can get a little bit more creative with what you do? if we're going to talk about creative license for a second, you know, I've seen a lot of theater in my time and I do think that sometimes creatives, directors, choreographers, whatever, whatever kind of role you're playing in the creative process. I've seen theater that in my opinion, and art is subjective. I understand that. The creative license is pushed maybe unnecessarily like to maybe just to, to prove a point because yeah. the director or the choreographer like is trying to, I don't know, just, through something about themselves, like that they're this edgy person or. Would you see that more in singing or something yeah, like that?
1: Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe. We've all seen the, you know, the everyone trying to do the Mariah Carey version of every song. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> of every song. Or these yeah. days, this is very niche. I'm a big musical theatre singer. I love musical theatre. And sometimes you see these kids try to put like pop runs into a musical theatre song just because they can, like just because okay. they're showing off a part of their voice. And it's just little things like that that I'm just like, Ugh, that's just not necessary. That's not what the composer wrote. Like that's not what it says yeah. in sheet music. A lot of musical theatre music. Wow, we're going a bit off topic here, but anyway. No, no. Musical theatre music I think is, is, you know, there's so much thought and so much time that goes into writing a piece of music that tells a story. You know, in musical theatre they say we start singing because words fail us. Like words have only taken us so far, so we need to, we need to take it up a level, we need to sing about it. And when it gets to that point, it's always really, it's like mathematical, like it's really um, formulated and it it happens for a reason. And I think if you're then going in, and changing the melody that someone has literally spent sometimes years creating,
1: you're yeah. doing such an
0: injustice to the work that they have spent years creating just because you think you sound good. Little things like that, that just okay. Yeah, like, okay. But, you know, theatre sometimes maybe pushes, push, pushing boundaries, great. I'm all for it if it's going to, Teach a lesson to the audience, or if it's going to spark conversation, great. But I, I still think it needs to one, do justice to the to the piece, whether it's a song or a or a piece of music or a book, like a, a play. Um, it needs to do justice to the story and pay respect to the person that wrote it. If you're going to push the boundary, make sure it's one, still respectful, and and two that that the reason for pushing the boundary is quite clear. You know, don't just do it for the sake of it.
1: If you're going to push the boundaries, make it for a reason, not just because you're trying to like, be different. And
0: just do justice to the work. But the stuff that I'm doing these days, the dance teaching that I'm doing and start, have started to create a couple of solos for some kids, like I love that because you have so much freedom, especially with these kids that are so like willing to learn and so willing to be better. You give them an inch and they and they they take a mile because they just love it. And, you know, the open classes that I teach, I can literally do anything and it's it's like it's it's fun and it's creative and it's such an outlet for me as well as providing something for the students. so it's it's just a joy <laughs> uh, more Janet, please. I'm obsessed with Janet. I'm very
1: good at sending through like requests, so you'll probably just get a random oh, text from me saying, okay, this is the song I want for next week, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. that's that's great. but you know what I when I, sometimes when I hear songs, if you're talking about like choreography for a second, there are some songs where I hear it and like the choreo is instantly in my head. And like, that's so fun. Like that song we did last week, as soon as I heard the song, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. And it took me like 15 minutes to choreo that because it was great. Wow. And then other times I'll be like, I, if I love, I, sometimes I like a piece of music, but then I, when I actually sit down to chore it, if it takes me too long, then I'll just stop and I'll move on. Cause then I know, yeah, it's a good song, but. Like, I'm not feeling it in this moment. So I kind of like put it on the back bench. But yet, that the Janet was so fun. It is so fun. Oh
1: <laughs> my gosh. Oh my God. Still obsessed with her from the night. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Okay. Well, Nicole, I think we're at the time where I need to ask you the creative clinks three questions. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nicole, question number one What do you say to people who say that they are not creative?
0: hmm (laughs) I think this is the hardest question I think you need to ask the person what is your idea what's your concept of creativity because I think people maybe think oh I'm not creative because I don't know how to paint or I'm not creative because I don't know how to dance but do you know how to cook like are you creative in the kitchen I don't no neither can I but hey I can sing and dance so I don't need to be able to cook I'm creative in other ways. We all have our strengths, okay? That's what I would say. I mean, we all have our, you know, different creative strengths. So, yeah, I would ask what's your, what, what do you think of when you think of creativity? And if they say, well, painting and I don't know. Yeah. I think you just need to reshape your idea of what creativity
1: is. Good one. I like that. Mm. Okay, question number two. If you could go back to when you were 15, what would you tell yourself? I'm actually going to flip this question
0: on its head because mm. I think at 15 – I was actually killing it. I was, All I was right. I was a vibe at 15. I remember I was like doing some really cool stuff at 15. And I think that my 30-year-old self now could learn some things from my 15-year-old self. Wow. I think at 15 I was I was super, super confident. Not that I'm not confident now, but I think, you know, I've been through some stuff in yeah. 30 years that's maybe like made me the way I am now. But I think at 15, I was like really like ready to take on the world and you know I think I've definitely I've put some limitations on myself now which sometimes is necessary like you know I'm a parent now I've got realized stuff I need to do <laughs> very true so I would I now if I look back I would tell my 15 year old self to to just to trust in herself because I think the instincts that my 15 year old self had were such good instincts and I think I lost some of that. I think I lost some of those instincts that I had when I was when I was 15, which I think became a detriment to some of the work that I did in my early 20s, like where I wasn't trusting myself as a performer. I wasn't trusting myself as a creative. I wasn't trusting myself as a teacher or even as like a human. Like I had so much self-doubt. When I first finished my uni degree, I was just riddled in self-doubt. Like i I wouldn't go to auditions because in my head I already hadn't gotten the job so I wouldn't even show up because I had, I had talked myself, I had just convinced myself that like you're just going to waste your time, like don't bother going. This is like a whole other podcast. I know. Wow. Uh, and hey, you, that imposter syndrome, like there was so much of that. Do you know what? I actually had a little bit of imposter syndrome like before we started recording this. I had that thing in my head of like, why am I going on a podcast? Like, what do I know? But yeah, my I think at 15, I, I'm really proud of who I was at 15. And I'm I'm proud of who I am now. But in my 20s, I I think I really lost, I really lost myself. I lost my creativity. I lost my drive. So I would I would tell my 15-year-old self to keep believing myself because she was right. She was on the money.
1: I'm now like, oh my God. So I have to tell you something, right? So it's really funny. So just when I finished high school, my thing was I was going to audition to get into um, dancing at uni. Okay. And I did it and I got 10 seconds into my audition and I stuffed it, right? Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't even let me start again. So that was like, out, you're done. And I just remember being so devastated because at that age – my life was purely based around dancing that's what it was dedicated
0: to like it was all nothing
1: yeah yeah and that 10 seconds of my life basically isn't that funny god I still think about that day Mm. but those 10 seconds of my life actually really so I would have been probably about 16 yeah Mm -hmm. really transformed quite a defining moment massively hey Mm. just even something okay you don't know this but like I was actually thinking about auditioning for your musical right
0: oh really oh why didn't you
1: because I thought nah I'm too old I'm too like too many all those things going through my head no I'm not couldn't good enough I'm too old I'm too whatever you can figure out every excuse under the sun yeah correct yeah, And it's just even something so small like that because I'm like, oh, God, I feel like that was something I possibly need in my life at the moment. Mm. And I was going to talk to you about it. And then I went, no, Barbie, don't be stupid. There'd be a reason. If Nicole wanted me to, she would have asked me to. Oh. All this kind of stuff,
0: right? So all this kind of stuff went well, through but my head. should have been more direct because I definitely said in my classes, I was like, you guys should all we come should. and audition. I, I said that all a couple of, that. of times. Maybe it was just days that you weren't there. Maybe next time there will be plenty of opportunities i actually have i need to finish it this afternoon i'm putting in a pitch to direct a show next year (gasps) um so so at noosa sorry we're going off off topic again at noosa arts theater the like the patrons and the the people on the board and most of their like stock performers are you know getting on in life Okay, Um, And I would love to breathe a bit of new life into this company and bring in some younger performers and do some, some fresher shows, um, shows that maybe like explore some edgier topics. Um, like the show that I would really love to put on next year, like explores mental health in a musical. Wow. So yeah, I would love to start doing some more shows with them. Now that I've like kind of got my foot in the door with the company, I would love to be a lot more involved so there I guarantee you there will be plenty more opportunities so
1: don't hold back next time
0: okay okay cool <laughs> all right
1: anyway I finally I've like got that off my chest yeah. um, did we answer the question yeah we did yes you answered that amazingly by the way this is the 15 year old cell phone we were still yeah, on that hey, yeah yeah yeah. Like, yeah this is just like another five hours of talking hey. Yeah, yeah yeah why not okay and then the third question is if life had zero boundaries whatsoever mm-hmm. what would your career actually
0: look like what would you want to be or are you doing it right now? This is such a loaded question because I actually, I, I think I would still want to be a performer, but I would have loved to have had that period of my life, that period that we just talked about, that like couple of years out of uni. I, if I hadn't had those like mental blocks, I think I could have pushed myself a little bit further. To me, the biggest barriers were like the barriers in my own head. You know, of saying I can't go to that audition because I look stupid in that outfit. Like, yeah, silly things like that. Especially as women, like these pressures that yeah. we put on ourselves. I put so many pressures on myself. So I would pursue a career in the performing arts with like more gusto and with more. I would back myself more. Mm. I think because I do that now. I actually, I I think I'm like a pretty confident teacher. Like I know where my skill set is. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. And I really back myself. Like performers you're a brand, like you are your own brand. And I think you need to be really confident in walking into an audition room and presenting yourself as this brand. And I'm only really discovering that now. I think in the last six months, even before the start of this year, I, I wasn't teaching. I was actually working in aged care. Yeah. Yeah. Back into teaching this time around and coming back into performing. I kind of got back into performing in September last year when I did a show. And it was from there that I realized this is my brand. And if I had discovered that a little bit sooner, I think, and backed myself, I think I probably would have, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I would have got a lot more joy out of it. And I think I could have, I just could have done things differently.
1: But when you say brand, Mm. explain to people what you mean when you say your brand. Are you just talking about you as a person in general?
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think like the confidence that you bring when you step into an audition of going, I know who I am, I know how to present myself, I know which foot is my best foot and that's the foot I'm going to put forward. Um, I think I tried to be... Back when I was like doing the audition cycle, I was trying to be things that I wasn't. You know, rather than walk into an audition room and say, this is me and this is what I can do, I would walk in and go, I think this is what you want to see. So this is what I'm going to try and do, which wasn't always presenting my strength because it was what I thought they were looking for. Now that I know the industry a lot better, I think if I had walked in and gone, this is me and you need me in your show rather than please put me in your show because I think yeah. I can do this. Mm. That's the lesson that I learnt a bit too late. <laughs> okay. All right, so you'd still be a performer? I think so, yeah. I think I would. Very, very off topic. I There's a little part of me that's like maybe I could study nursing. <laughs> really? Interesting. I'm a bit of a people pleaser as well and like I'm a bit of a, have a bit of like a hero complex where I just want to fix people and I want to help people. Oh, you and me both, seriously it's like detrimental. Like it's like hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I like to think that maybe I could do that if I got to the point where I feel like I needed like a really stable career, like a day job kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, because I think, I guess any job in the arts is always going to be a little bit temperamental. Um, It's always going to have ebbs and flows. Interesting. There you go.
1: <laughs> hey, this is like so kind of off topic, but when you yeah. were studying, yeah. I know when I was studying, because I, I studied dramatic arts full time for a year when I left mm-hmm. school. Did you ever have to do something random? Like we had to do fencing. Did you ever have to do something random like that? When you were
0: <laughs> we didn't do fencing, but okay. after uni, I, I was with a... A company for a while, it was like a children's performing arts company. We would travel to Australia performing shows for school-age kids, like in primary schools, and some of the characters had to learn how to sword fight, like with actual swords. Yeah. My, my character didn't have to do that, but some of the other characters did. So we had uh, someone actually come and teach them how, because they were real swords. Yeah, wow. Um, they had to come and teach them how to learn how to sword fight, like for real. Yeah. So that was a cool skill that they got to
1: learn. I didn't get to learn it. But no, we never did fencing. Fine, yeah. I'm trying to figure out why fencing was like part of the curriculum. Like it's such a random sport, hey. Yeah. I'm trying to to think like really deep and so I'm like, okay, maybe it has to do with like you need to trust your intuition or like, you know, really be – on
0: guard, literally.
1: On guard. I don't, I don't
0: really know anything about fencing. So I can't, I honestly I can't know. really even contribute to this conversation. <laughs> God,
1: all these years, like 30 years later, I'm still trying to figure out why I did why? fencing classes. I know. Anyway, I'm going to Google that after this. Yeah, I'm yeah. i to find out why fencing was part of drama class.
0: But if we're talking about skill set, like if you're if you listening to this and you genuinely want to be a performer, there are, like, doesn't matter what the skill is, go and learn it where it's like hula hooping or roller skating or aerial work. Like if you want a job in theater these days, the more skills that you have, the better. It just makes you more employable. Yeah. So just continue to broaden your skill set. True, sure. true.
1: Well, I've very, very much enjoyed this chat. <laughs> me too. The time goes so quickly. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And I'm so excited to continue, I guess, having you as a part of our family life, no. which is amazing. I really love that. You're just Me such too. a joy to be around. So See, art just builds community, guys. <laughs> so one last thing, Nicole Kaminsky. <laughs> can I get a whoop whoop? Whoop whoop. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Nicole on Instagram at loud.coaching, or you can find her in person at SJ's in Rurana. Genesis Dance Society in Kiwana and Kinder Ballet right here on the Sunshine Coast. For now, we'll leave you with that and have a great week. Cheers.